The Mind Aware, 197. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. (laughs) Oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll Mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. (laughs) What I found to be the secret. (laughs) Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Wild with Ready for More, and welcome to the Enjoying the Ride Teleseminar Series. Today we have Dr. James Rouse with us. So I'm very excited to introduce Dr. James, a naturopathic doctor, Ironman triathlete, QVC network wellness specialist, entrepreneur, certified yoga instructor, wellness magazine founder, speaker, author, columnist for Science of Mind magazine, radio talk show host, and television personality, Dr. James does it all. He talks with such enthusiasm and conviction about the wellness lifestyle, you'll come away feeling inspired to take better care of yourself and to enjoy your life more. Dr. James is best known for his highly engaging Optimum Wellness TV segments, which he hosts in major markets, including Los Angeles, Seattle, and Denver. These segments highlight all areas of a wellness lifestyle, balancing mind, body, and spirit. Depending on the week, his segments may include great-tasting healthy recipes based on his experience as an owner of an organic food restaurant in Portland, or tips on adding interval training to your exercise routine to help your body release anti-aging hormones. And he's here today to help us all understand how to gain optimal wellness. So please, everybody... Help me welcome to the call, Dr. James. Yay, the crowd goes wild. Hi, Dr. James. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, the crowd is going wild. I feel it. That's awesome. Thanks, Dana. I'm here doing the doing the wave in my office all by myself. I'm, I'm doing it up in the mountains in Colorado, right back at you, sister. <laughs> oh, yay! Good, so good to have you here. Well, this is just going to be a very exciting hour, so I'm I'm just can't wait to jump in. But I thought maybe what we would do to kind of get everybody to know a little bit more about you is maybe if you wouldn't mind telling everybody your story and kind of how you came to be interested in wellness. Well, gosh, Dana, number one, thank you. It's absolutely an honor to be a part of your show and to be part of your community. I, I, I've i been so excited about this time together with all of you that it's, and I think it's interesting when you talk about a story, and that was a very generous and very gracious introduction you gave me. And I think sometimes, and I'm only saying this because I think when people get introduced and they have all these things that you hear about they're doing and whatnot, it sometimes goes down the path of, wow, you know what? This person sounds like he probably grew up in this family of all these granola eaters and people who were doing wheatgrass shots first thing in the morning, and it must have been awesome to grow up in a healthy family. And I think it's really important for everyone to know because probably most people identify with my story because it couldn't be anything further from that. 
I grew up in a family of alcoholics. I grew up in a family of cancer, heart disease, addiction. And for me, wellness was something that I, I had to find to literally survive. And I think for a lot of folks who are in the space of Ready for More and the, the ministry that you're doing, Dana, we, we come here because not because we grew up in this. It's because we found this because we wanted to thrive beyond just our survival of our childhood or some time in our life. We woke up to a different experience that we wanted to have for ourselves. And that's really my experience, Dana. It's really been all about the fact that I grew up around a lot of sadness, a lot of pain, and I thought there's got to be something more. And I started venturing out late in my teens full of the ideas that, gosh, you know what, maybe life could be magical. Maybe life could be something where you could be on fire with passion and purpose every single day. And what's in front of me with my parents' challenges, my grandparents' challenges, that may not have to be the path that I have to follow. And today, I think all of us can come together and say, you know what, I want to forge a new path. What's going to be the sequel to the story that I want to tell that has nothing to do with what's been behind me, but everything about what's in front of me? Wow, I love that. You know, it's so interesting, too. I like where we started off with this, just you talking about sadness and pain and maybe not the most ideal circumstances being a platform or a catalyst for change. It's such a refreshing way to look at it rather than sadness and pain, you know, breaking us or going into victimhood using those situations as a platform or catalyst for change. I mean, that's really cool. And for those of you that didn't catch that little one-liner he gave, what's the sequel? I think I'm going to, that's a bumper sticker. I think I'm going to have to put that up on the, on the computer or on the Facebook page. That's a real, that's exactly right. What's the sequel to my story? Very, very nice. Really interesting because we're coming in this topic of wellness, which, like, could we get any bigger of a topic to be speaking of? And so I thought maybe what I would try to focus on today, because you've got a great new wellness plan out, and it really focuses on a lot of the health issues that are prevalent today. But one of them that really caught my eye when we were talking about this plan in the beginning was the issue of inflammation. Because I have to tell you, I think I didn't really realize what a prevalent problem it was and how many other problems it causes until you and I had the discussion. So maybe you could help our listeners kind of understand that too, because this was really news to me, how serious inflammation is. Do you want to speak to it a little bit? I'd love to, Dana. I think inflammation is something that for a lot of us, we think of that word and we think about swelling, and that's inflammation, swelling of a joint. You may bruise your knee and it swells up. You go, wow, I'm really inflamed. But what we're really talking about today is the inflammation that's much more subtle, much more insidious. It's the kind of inflammation that's happening at the cellular level, which drives all the diseases that we hear more and more about that we get most frightened about as we get older, everything from depression to Alzheimer's disease, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, heart disease, all of these have a relationship to inflammation. And inflammation begins by the choices that we make. And a lot of the choices around the type of eating that we do, the type of thinking that we do, the movement that we do, or lack of movement we do, all these things, including what's happening in the environment, which may not be uh, all of the choices we make, whether it be pollution, but choices about even hanging around with people who are pessimistic, who, who tend to gossip and tend to be judgmental, all those factors, Dana, can actually create inflammation. And inflammation can start, and you never even know what's happening. It's like a, it's like a little fire that's just burning inside your cells. But over years and decades of that inflammation growing and being left unchecked, 
it can result in some of the most scary and challenging diseases that we'll face in our entire life. In the meantime, it makes us feel awful as we go down slowly. Right. It's just, I feel like I've been living under a rock. I've never heard anybody talk about inflammation in this way. And so if you don't mind, I want to just spend just a little bit of time here because what I hear you saying is this is something that's happening at the cellular level. So this isn't like I bump my knee and it swells up and, oh, looky, I've got inflammation. And this isn't strictly talking about something like arthritis or something very specific. But you're talking about at the cellular level when we don't eat right, when we don't move our body right, and when we don't pay attention to how we're thinking and our outlook on life that the actual cells in our body have inflammation trouble and it leads to bigger problems. Is that a good synopsis of what you just said? Dana, that's spot on. And I think for a lot of people who are listening are thinking, gosh, that sounds, how would I even know if I have inflammation? And that's an interesting thing because there are blood panels that we can do and there are certain markers that will come up on your chemistry panel that will show you this. But sometimes the sensitivity of uh, objective testing will not really get to the core of how much of an issue this may be for you. But I think what you kind of have to consider is that some of it, when you look at our diet, uh, the eating plans that we tend to go with each day, uh, the SAD, which is a standard American diet, the acronym being SAD, tends to be very uh, rich in a lot of unhealthy fats, these things called omega-6s. And these omega-6 fats really drive inflammation. Now, you couple that with a more animal-based diet where the animals are fed grains versus grass, you look at this with alcohol, sugar, all the things that tend to be really, if you will, the cornerstones of the standard American diet, all these things drive inflammation. So as you kind of think about your day in the life and you kind of look at, wow, breakfast, lunch, dinner, what am I eating? What am I navigating with? And then you start thinking, how do I feel throughout the day? Am I tend to be more judgmental? Am I tend to be more critical? Do I find fault with myself? Do I find fault with others? Am I spending time in traffic getting upset with others and finding myself getting a little bit less than, how should we say, less than kumbaya behind the wheel? All those things create inflammation. So we have to really kind of look at the idea of self-responsibility, which I know in this country, this is really interesting, having seen thousands of patients for nearly 20 years, the thing I always find so remarkable, when we are asked to take responsibility for taking good care of ourselves, put ourselves number one on the to-do list and really start falling in love with the idea of self-care, that's scary business for a lot of us, only it's a little bit scarier than the idea of actually being responsible for our self-care and looking at the way we navigate every single day. Right. Yeah, that's really powerful what you're saying. And I I just want to recap, too, if I got this right on the omega-6 fats, alcohol, sugar, grain-fed meat, those are things that are high in omega-6 fats and make us feel crappy. Is that right? Well, you know, the the vegetable oils, the uh, again, the animal protein, all those things tend to be higher than omega-6. In fact, studies show, Dana, this is very, very sobering, that the standard American diet tends to be about 15 or 20 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3, meaning that we tend to be 15 to 20 times more lopsided in the side of getting the inflammatory-creating fats than the anti-inflammatory fat, omega-3. So we are severely out of balance. And that's just the beginning. You add sugar into this and you create high blood sugar, insulin levels that are ridiculously high. All those things start to factor into driving inflammation. Then you factor in a lack of fiber in our diet, a lack of live antioxidants coming from fruits and vegetables. 
All these things coming together, Dana, really do create an inflammatory process and it creates a flame that left unchecked will run out of control. And when it does that, in the process, we may feel like, oh, gosh, I just don't have a lot of energy throughout the day or I'm not sleeping well or I find myself in a place where I find myself more pessimistic uh, as, I, as I just navigate my life. All these things can be related to inflammation. And then down the road, unfortunately, a lot of these things will result in the diseases that we fear the most, whether it be Alzheimer's, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. All those have a relationship to inflammation. Wow, it's incredible. You know, actually, I want to talk about this a little bit because this was one of the reasons I was really intrigued with this wellness plan. Outside of the fact that I knew you were going to be on the show, one of the things you had said to me when we were talking about this wellness plan is, Dana, the plan is designed to make you feel emotionally good. It puts you in a positive mood. The side effects, of course, are that you get nice skin, you lose weight, clear eyes, clear head, you know, you think better, your brain works better, all this stuff, but that it was really designed to make you feel good. And so can you talk a little bit more about that? I'll tell you why, Dr. James. I hear so much, because you know I, I like the brain and I like positive mindset and things like that, and I hear so much people talking about think more positively to affect your body, people who think themselves healthy or think themselves well. And really I'm starting to come to realize that it works in the opposite way too. If your body feels good, you feel better too. And so can you talk a little bit about how it was that your wellness plan was designed to make you actually feel better? Dana, I love the question. It's a brilliant, brilliant question. What you really are addressing here is that I think so many people, especially folks who are interested in self-improvement and self-discovery and who are spiritually becoming more awake, what I love about people like us is that we tend to really put a lot of energy into our mind. We tend to think a lot about affirmations and visualizations and affirming the higher good for our lives. I love all that. But what I find sometimes really challenging for this community, our, our family, is that we find ourselves sometimes depending so much on the mind to do the work. And here's what I want you to really understand. This is the most beautiful part of the whole story today, that when you couple that type of thinking, that type of mind power with movement and a mindful meal, three, five, those times a day, you will absolutely create a chemistry where your mind becomes absolutely unstoppable. And that's the beautiful thing. You can affirm to the cows come home. You can visualize forever. And all those things are really powerful. I love them. I do them every single day. But we'll really give those things the fire, the fuel that they really need to really take flight. It's all going to come down to how do you feed your mind? How do you move your mind? All motion creates positive emotion. So when you move your body, you're going to create a whole chemistry of awesomeness. Things like dopamine, acetylcholine, norepinephrine. These are all powerful brain compounds that when you move your body, first thing in the morning, you literally unleash motivation. You unleash confidence. You become resilient when challenges come at you. And when you couple that with a mindful practice of eating, putting the right kinds of carbohydrates and fats and proteins together, you start building dopamine. You start building all these other chemicals that literally are naturally occurring, but when they are given the building blocks through food and exercise, your mind becomes phenomenal. You cannot think small. It becomes physiologically impossible and you become spiritually awake. Dana, this is the game changer. Mm, totally right. Wow. 
Yeah, it's really good. It's funny because what I hear you saying is you can sit and you can think positive affirmations and you can do the mind work, but then if you're putting these kind of heavy omega-6 meats and vegetable oils and then top it all off with some alcohol and sugar, all this, then no matter how much you affirm, it's almost like it's going to take a hit on your body and it's going to bring you down each time you do that. And that naturally, if you want to increase dopamine and if you want to feel better, get up and move your body and you will give yourself the opportunity to create the platform so then when you're moving your body and you're doing this mindful eating then when you do your affirmations zing now you're really in a whole different place i mean it is a game changer isn't it oh dana i love what you said zing (laughs) and i think this is the beautiful thing this is what i love about the show this is what i love about the community that we're a part of dana we over time, and I'm not, this hopefully doesn't come out judgmental, it's not intended to be, I'm speaking for all of us. Just due to the living of life, you know, not eating always as well as we know we could, not moving as much as we know we want to, and certainly in that, just getting caught up and just trying to survive our day, we start becoming average. We become average thinker. We become average physiologically. We become average chemically. And then we start to believe average is enough. Average is the norm. Average is just something we start to accept. I want us to consider that average absolutely is not enough. And average doesn't have any place in your mind, body, or your soul. And if you will do one simple thing starting today, which is to consider that I can start changing my chemistry by changing the way I move and how I eat, and that will absolutely impact the way I think, I don't have to settle for average anymore. And that's what it's all about today. And I promise you, this absolutely, you have to believe your physiology is not a conspiracy. You are not meant to be here and be average. You are here to be here and show up and be on passion and purpose and allow yourself to catch fire at the highest levels, not inflammatory fire, spiritual fire, physiological fire that says, you know what, I am ready for more. Oh, I love that. You're so right. And you're right. This is about reaching beyond average. This is about living life at its fullest and at its highest. And we're on board with you 100%. I love it. Sit tight. We'll be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? Trainyourbrainu.com. That's trainyourbrainu. The letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is Dana Wild. So let me ask you, because you've already mentioned a couple of them, about moving your body and mindful eating, but can you go into a little bit more depth about what you would consider habits that constitute kind of the basis of good health? If we're going to start to develop habits in our life, what would you recommend? Well, I think first thing in the morning, you have an opportunity, Dana, and I really, this morning can really push a lot of buttons for people, because I know a lot of people are more night owls. They love to stay up night, and they love to, you know, do some emails, do some Facebook, do their networking, whatever, 
you know, they say, well, it's the only time I get is at night. Everyone else goes to sleep. It's my special time. I'm going to challenge you on that and say, you know what? I want you to think about becoming an absolute committed morning person because morning people get after it. And there's a consideration here that, you know, chemically speaking, first thing in the morning, the highest levels of cortisol your body will ever have during the entire 24 hours of your day happen early, early in the morning. And when you absolutely, falsely elevate your cortisol at night by chasing emails and watching the evening news and getting all amped up about stuff that you have no control of, you start to unfortunately upturn your physiology and the chemistry of stress upside down. So the one thing you can start doing tomorrow morning, or tonight actually, go to bed earlier. Set your alarm first thing in the morning, and rather than trying to do the, uh, which I think is one of the most insidious forms of denial, which is the snooze alarm, Set the alarm, get right out of bed, and move your body to a place where you can take five minutes and center yourself next to your bed. Not in your bed, just next to your bed, and just allow yourself to breathe slowly from your belly. The challenge with most of us as adults, we become so chronically adult, we've all adopted the posture of chest breathing. And shallow breathing creates more cortisol. So here's how it works. You want to first thing in the morning get up, and allow the highest levels of cortisol, which are earlier in the morning, to be dissipated through mindful breathing and then mindful exercise. Those two things will help to channel that cortisol and move it for you so you can start to rock your day. And here's how it works. So when you actually start first thing in the morning with some breathing from your belly, you actually get the neocortex, the frontal lobe of your brain, to open up and remember who she really is. And Dana, who that frontal lobe really is, she is the CEO of your life. She wants to be commanding awesome leadership. She wants the rest of the brain to get behind her and start creating amazing success. And when we slow down our breathing first thing in the morning, get ourselves centered, this is an opportunity to center your mind so you can go to work on creating the life that you want to create for yourself. And then you bring into that, followed by awesome movement. See, the first thing in the morning, when those cortisol levels are high, Dopamine levels are sitting there ready to be catalyzed. And how we do that is simple, changing speeds and movement. So Dana, rather than just taking a walk, walk fast for two minutes. Walk slow for one minute. Then walk fast again as fast as you can for two minutes. In a course of 20 minutes, just simply changing speeds over those 20 minutes five to six times, every other minute, every other two minutes, that'll help to catalyze natural growth hormone. And coupling alongside of that, increase your levels of dopamine. So you can say by 7 o'clock in the morning, your entire world could be different, physiologically, cognitively, and spiritually, just by doing those two things, the breathing along with the movement, and then you bring in the dopamine credenza, if you will, by actually following that with a breakfast. One of the simplest ways to build dopamine, which builds motivation, which builds confidence, is to grab a walk, put a little olive oil in there, take a huge, healthy handful of spinach, put it right in your walk with the olive oil, and then throw a couple of nice omega-3 free-range eggs in there. Scramble that all together, the olive oil, the spinach, the eggs, and then top it off with the three or four slices of the fresh avocado, and your dopamine levels will be doing cartwheels for you when you leave for the office. <laughs> I love this. You know what's so funny about it, too, Dr. James, is that I really like that so much of this can be accomplished so early in the day. So it's kind of, I mean, this is what's neat about this, is you're talking about really simple 
changes. You're talking about the change of breathing differently and moving your body first thing in the morning. And you didn't say, okay, you've got to go out and do an hour of cardiovascular. You know, you said, do 20 minutes. Do two minutes uh, fast and one minute slow and get your dopamine levels raring to go. And you mentioned all of this before you even got to the food. This is such a small habit to change. If we just change that morning routine, and I'm not saying, okay, then at lunch go eat a bag of potato chips or something, but really if you just change that morning routine, that would have a huge effect on the rest of your day, wouldn't it? Because it's almost like that an object in motion stays in motion. Once you start doing that early, how can the rest of your day go poorly? Well, Dana, you just nailed it because this is what I want all of us to realize that we just talked about a thing you could do in roughly 30 minutes. This can all be accomplished between the breakfast, the 20 minutes of movement, of interval training, plus the uh, just a few minutes of getting yourself centered first thing out of bed. That is a 30-minute investment that will change the other 23 and a half hours. That's what it's really all about. You said it perfectly, Dana. It's all about momentum. We as spiritual beings, we as emotionally gifted people, when I say emotionally gifted, we can really run a momentum. And if we can witness for ourselves that kind of loving self-care, that kind of affirmative living, that kind of declaration, first thing in the morning before you do anything else, that you've given yourself that kind of up-level of energy, that kind of up-leveling of optimism, you will absolutely see that you do not want to go out and crush the bag of chips at noontime. You do not want to come home after a long day's work and flop in front of the evening news. You become absolutely attached to the idea that your chemistry starts to be a conduit for your creativity, and your creativity can only want to be channeled upwards and onwards. And that is the natural state of our being, Dana. This is the coolest thing of all. We have forgotten how good we really are. And if we can step back and allow ourselves to take 30 minutes tomorrow morning and change the way we love ourselves, change the way we become a morning person, step into that opportunity and absolutely rock it with that kind of conviction, you will remember not only how good you are, you will start feeling like you could only be better and more awesome and more powerful as you go. And I'm here to tell you that is your birthright. That is why you are here. You are here to rock it every single day, and your inner pharmacy is ready to be unleashed to allow you to make it happen. Yeah, baby, I love that. That's right. Inner pharmacy, now you're talking. Here we go. Hey, no prescription needed, Dana. This is awesome. (laughs) It is. It's right. It's so good. But I thought what was cool about this is that this really is designed to get you feeling good. And we know there are certain habits we can do to make ourselves feel good, and yet sometimes we just don't do them. And so what I'm wondering is how much of success has to come with this thing that you keep coming back to about mindfulness? How much of success and our ability to jump to the next platform in our lives really comes from that one piece? Gosh, i, I got to say it's probably everything. And I think people want to find ways to say, well, gosh, you know what? It's the plan. Now, this is a great plan that you're going to get. But more importantly, it's going to come down to whether or not you are willing to say yes to the kind of life and the kind of human being that you want to be about in your life. I think so often we look outside ourselves for motivation. Motivation's not truly sustainable because it's outside of you. Inspiration, you know, the idea of mindfulness is truly inspiring yourself. In spirit, 
In spirit is when we catch fire with ideas about how we really want to show up for this, this life of ours. And the beautiful thing about this, and this is what's probably unique about this plan, unique about our talk this morning, is that I think so often in, in the self-empowerment world and self-discovery world, we tend to put so much weight on our thinking. And you know what's so incredible is that our mind, as powerful as it is, and it, it'll deliver incredible miracles for you, but you know what? Our minds are also wired habitually. Our minds want to, how should we stay with what we know? So if you've been having 20 or 30 years of mediocrity and averageness, your brain wants to be efficient and keep you kind of being in that same path. So how do you break out of that path? How do you actually get out of the rut and create a brand new groove? You have to mindfully put yourself into a frame that is chemically and spiritually alive to help you move out of the rut and into the groove. And yes, mindfulness is what it's all about. But what I know to be true, when you couple mindfulness with mindful movement and mindful meals, you become a force that is unbridled with absolute enthusiasm for change. And change is one of the most scariest things going for your brain because your change only represents all the things that it fears physiologically. To really get yourself out of that fear space and into the phenomenal space, want to be embracing change, you have to put all those three things together, Dana, or it really becomes challenging. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. And I can really, you know, going back to this point of how much your body affects your mind, I mean, when I first started getting into your plan, as I said, the thing that really hooked me was as good as I felt and as great as a life I have, I thought, oh, man, you mean I could feel better? <laughs> you know, there's even, I could take this to, you know, the whole ready for more concept, I could take this to even bigger level. And so just before I started, I really kind of almost had like a communication with my body, you know, and really just really realized how many things in my life I could improve even ever so slightly because that would really level up the whole game. And it really has happened, you know, because you're right. We do get into things because they're habits and we aren't mindful about it. So I'm wondering because I know sometimes people have a difficult time with change. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that piece of it. Like, do you think when people are making this first change, let's say they've decided to take on a new habit, and let's say just one of the things you mentioned, maybe they're going to decide to move their body for 20 minutes in the morning, is there any kind of trick or tip you can give them to say, this will kind of help you make it easier, or this is the best way you can make this change? Absolutely, Dana. And this may not be really sexy, but it's the truth. It all comes down to being okay with incremental shifts. When I say incremental, I mean the idea that I think all too often, especially in January, we wake up January 1st and we may have let out a list of 10, 15, 20 intentions that we want to change about our lives financially, physically, in relationships. And they all have this idea that I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that. Every good study, all the best research on healthy, sustainable, realizable change comes down to our daily behaviors. Not sexy, but here's the beautiful thing, Dana. If you decide that breakfast is an issue for you, you're just a person who doesn't like eating breakfast, and you know in your mind, you say, gosh, you know, I've read that the weight loss registry, which keeps track of people over the last 30 years who've been able to maintain 30 pounds of weight loss for greater than 10 years successfully, the number one thing that they do, all these people they've been tracking for 38 years, eat breakfast. That's one simple change. But you know what? It only becomes sustainable by doing it seven mornings a week, 30 days a month. That's how it works. 
And here's the cool thing, though. The brain, the body, the mind, the whole entire area that is responsible for creating and sustaining change loves the idea of repeating over and over again an incremental shift. Could be breakfast, that's your incremental shift, whether it's getting up at 5.30 and crushing that interval workout by 6 a.m., whether it's even, if you will, find yourself at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you come home after a stressful day of work, and you typically run right to the refrigerator and start grabbing yourself all these refined carbohydrates, get yourself back in balance again because you feel like you don't feel good. Here's the thing you can consider. All throughout the day, there are wellness windows. And if you can step back this morning or tonight before you go to bed, look at the areas tomorrow in your life where you know there's some habits that if you could change just one of them, don't try to change 10. Pick one habit tomorrow and crush it. Pick one thing tomorrow that you want to be absolutely impeccable with. And most importantly, as you're doing it and following through, witness yourself doing it and give yourself an absolute high five and say, you know, good for me. Here's one of the challenging things, Dana. One of the biggest reasons that we don't sustain shifts and changes and do them well, we become chronically adept at multitasking. And what science is telling us is that the fact that we become so good at having 13 to 15 balls in the air, we may complete one of them on our task list, but because we are so good at trying to find the next one to get after and do that one too, the brain, the limbic system, never registers the satisfaction, the happiness of completion. And here's the key part. This is a spiritual principle that will change your life. Do one thing well and repeat it. Do the one thing well and repeat it. Pick this week one habit, whether it be eating breakfast, doing your interval training, doing gratitude journal at night, Just but do one thing and absolutely own it. And when you're done completing that task for the day, give yourself the absolute acknowledgement saying, I love myself this, good for me, I did it, I followed through. That is what changes your brain. That is what will change your life. I love this couple of terminology that I really want to drive home. I love this wellness windows. We get these opportunities for change and the satisfaction of completion that your brain gets when you let it develop a habit and complete something instead of multitasking. So really, you know, you're right, one habit a day. And frankly, we could probably even just instead of, you know, whatever we normally do for our morning routine, if we walk and make ourselves a cup of coffee, well, guess what? Just even walk to the end of the driveway and back or do some kind of a small change to move your body would be swapping that habit out, right? Dana, this is, this is where it becomes fun. Be playful. Be a child with this. Think to yourself, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I am starting brand new. My entire life, I'm going to put my easel out there. I've got a blank slate. I've got all these wonderful colors in my hand. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to paint a masterpiece today. There's one habit I know if I could do this one thing and I could own it, I would feel so good about me and it would change the way I show up in my life. Get excited about this. This shouldn't be a daunting punitive activity. This should be aspirational. This could be so cool. This is your life at your best. And you can step into this anytime you want to. Choose a habit that's going to rock your soul and get after it. Uh, Yes, I agree with you. I love that. And I love this satisfaction of completion. Do the thing and then give yourself a pat on the back and feel good about it. How would you deal with cravings or do you believe in food addictions? Do you think people get addicted to carbohydrates or addicted to sugar? Well, you know, I think there's an interesting piece to this. When your blood sugar is not in a healthy place, or your blood sugar is chronically high, or your insulin levels become uh, insensitive because you're chronically high in your blood sugar, 
there is a bit of an addiction there. You can call it a physiological addiction because your body starts to kind of get used to the idea of having a lot of sugar. And if it doesn't, it kind of, if you will, starts to freak out on you, start feeling less than, uh, less than the way you want to be feeling, even though you may not be feeling that great. So I think there is an idea of addiction here, but you want to kind of break it down and think, consider that. Don't think of this thing like, I gotta have this because I'm, I'm just jonesing for it. There's a physiological opportunity here as well. So here's how I'd like to address the idea of attachments around certain foods. You're gonna find, if you kind of step back and look at your day, there are certain windows. And at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there's a real uh, vulnerability for a lot of people for sodium. And it's interesting. There's a lot of good studies out there that, God, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I want chips. I want something that's going to be kind of fried and high in salt because that's just what I like at that time. The key is, can you interrupt that? You know, at 3 o'clock when your body goes, you know what, for years I grab myself a little chips at 3 in the afternoon and gets me through till dinner time. If you know that's not a habit that you want to continue running your life, you can intercept that and interrupt that with a brand new habit. Here's what I suggest you do. Most importantly, eat or snack every three hours. When your blood sugar is in balance and your insulin levels become more sensitive, you will be amazed at the kind of willpower you can develop. If you've been finding yourself eating at your, at your desk or eating during work at lunchtime and not moving around much, all those things create a susceptibility to want to crave the thing that's going to give you what it is that you think you need. But you know what? You can change that by simply changing the routine. So eating every three hours improves your blood sugar levels. It also improves your insulin sensitivity. And you've got to give yourself permission, five of three before you typically go for the sweets or goes for the salt, do something completely different. That's the perfect time to bust out about five minutes of yoga. That's the perfect time to get outside, look into the sunshine, do a few stretches, take a quick lap around your driveway, run down the end of the, the, end of the driveway, whatever the case may be. Just five minutes to move your body will help to do one important thing. It'll raise your serotonin. When your serotonin levels are stronger, when they're in a higher level, more healthy level, you gain confidence and your craving for salt and sugar will dissipate. So you have control here. But the control is looking at your life honestly, saying, gosh, 3 o'clock is my window. If I can just get through that window, then at 5 of 3, interrupt that window with some movement to raise your serotonin. That'll raise your confidence, and that'll help change the game in that habit or that attachment for that food. Wow, how interesting. I just love that. It's just good stuff. You know, I want to note the this language you used, Dr. James, because I really liked it. What I heard you say you're thinking of these as attachments to different foods instead of addictions. I mean, just softening that language. And then the idea of just interrupting the process, interrupting the habit, instead of just reacting unconsciously or without any kind of mindfulness. Or just be willing to interrupt the habit and try some different things. Because and especially if you kind of have a pre-warning of when these danger times are, like 3 p.m., and so on and so forth. So I, I just think that's really neat, even just softening that language, how much nicer that feels. Because we can kind of build these things pretty dramatically in our minds, can't we? And the truth is, change really doesn't doesn't have to be all that dramatic, does it? it? It really does. I mean, the beautiful thing is that we become alive when we change. And the goodness and the ideas around change are really quite simple and, frankly, there's something we can really get excited about. Here's what's funny about this, Dana, is that I really look at the ideas around attachment, and we tend to put addiction as this thing because it, it gives it a lot more power over us. When you soften it to attachment, you can easily circumvent that and put in a new attachment. I become attached 
to my 3 o'clock in the afternoon downward-facing dog. I've become attached to my 3 o'clock in the afternoon, get outside, look in the sun, do a couple of sun salutations, and then go back inside and, and knock out a couple more hours of work. I've become attached to the idea that I can be that empowered and that feel that good every afternoon at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Just think how that feels good. Just think how that feels empowered. And here's the beautiful thing. When you start doing little things, and I say little things, I mean, these are life changers, but little in the sense that this is a few minutes of your investment to change the way your brain wants to be. Because the brain is, again, wired for efficiency. So if it knows at 3 o'clock it goes to the vending machine and it's all it's ever done, believe me, it's going to stay hardwired to do that because it's all about efficiency. So you have to be spiritually empowered. You have to be emotionally zealous. You've got to be fully enthusiastic to interrupt that space and give your brain permission to grow. And here's one little sidebar, too. There's something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is a, an amazing Scrabble word. You can lay down neurotropic factor. The game is over. You win the Scrabble game every single time. But simply, BDNF, for short, is like miracle growth for your brain. And here's how it works. We, we used to think that the brain, basically, you came in with this amount of neurons, this is the size of your brain, this is the activity you get. That couldn't be further from the truth. All life long, we can grow our neurons. We can literally enlarge our brain. And this BDNF being like fertilizer for your brain is something that we have the infinite power and control to grow every single day. And how do we do it? We do it by eating well and moving well. When you eat well and you move well, BDNF levels will actually increase. So here's a cool thing. At 3 in the afternoon, when you go out and do the, the five minutes of yoga, run that quick interval training, follow it with a nice healthy snack, doing something that's going to be rich in B vitamins, grab yourself a, a handful of nuts with some magnesium, grab yourself some walnuts, grab yourself something that's going to be sustainable and yummy, you're going to grow your BDNF. So you not only are changing the habit, you are changing your brain. You are getting smarter. You're getting more powerful. You're becoming more of a force for everything that you want to be, Dana. So that's a whole other cool side effect that's happening physiologically, not just in your experience with what you're doing that day, but physiologically and chemically, you're becoming bigger and more powerful. Wow, that is really cool. Get a bigger brain. Now, there's a great How, side get, get your bigger brain on, girlfriend. Come on. That's I what we're all about that. here. I know. So so here's another one coming in. What they're wondering is if you think then that some of these diseases like cancer, arthritis, things like that, are they, in your opinion, are they preventable? Is this something where taking care of yourself, you can prevent it? You know, that's an, that's an outstanding question. I don't know if there's an absolute answer to this. Here's what I, here's what I believe. 20, 20 years ago, there was a lot of good medicine, a lot of good science that spoke to the fact that you had a genetic blueprint and there was pretty much a, you know, as much as they could not guarantee or guarantee, they'd say, your genetics said this, therefore you're going to have that. I believe what's beautiful in medicine, how medicine's evolving, is that your genetics always, most always, I'll say, most always, there's no absolutes, but most always will absolutely take a backseat to your behaviors. So I think the beautiful thing is, if you have a, and look at my, gosh, I'm a perfect example of this. I grew up in a four-generation deep alcoholic family. That's my heritage. Four generations. goes back almost 200 years of alcoholism in my family. I am absolutely genetically predisposed to be a mess. 
That's how my life should be. I should be fully addicted. I should be a drunk. I'm not. My father died of cancer. My mother had a stroke at age 49. So between my addiction history with, with alcohol, the cancer in my family, the heart disease in my family, the diabetes in my family, and the depression in my family, I really have no genetic business being who I am today, Dana. So you know what? If you have a story, and everyone loves to tell their story, my parents this, my background is that, I hear you, I fully empathize. And I have great compassion for your story. But I also have a great understanding, personally, and for you, what we can be no matter what our history is. No matter what your genetic blueprint is, you have an opportunity to rock your world starting right here and right now because your behaviors can change your blueprint. And you have the power. I love that, and I love the way you put it, too, so succinctly. Genetics takes a backseat to behaviors. I mean, that's a that's a really easy-to-understand, nice way to put it. I really I love that. Thank you, Dr. James. Very good. You know, actually, too, one thing I want, because we've got some ideas about what this wellness plan is and about being able to see it, that I'm hoping you can just take a minute and talk about it for a minute, because one of the reasons that... I was interested in doing this wellness plan to begin with because I am getting more in touch with my body and I'm learning more about the body-mind connection in reverse, you know. And one of the things I liked about it is that you're not really extreme in your viewpoints. You allow a lot of flexibility. So it's not like, oh, gee, you have to eat this food at this exact time of day or do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, that type of thing. You you allow for a lot of swapping. You actually even believe in free days or that it's okay to indulge in a cup of coffee now and again or something to that effect. So can you talk a little bit about that flexibility that you obviously believe in and have built into the plan? Yeah, absolutely, Dane. I think for me, I, I'm absolutely a realist when it comes to taking care of ourselves. I'm a huge fan of excellence, and I absolutely do not support perfection. I think excellence is where spirit resides. Excellence is where we are all about improving every single day. It's an opening. It's about willingness. It's about saying yes. When we put ourselves in that small box of being perfect, we absolutely start to contract. We contract not only in the way that we we lead our life, but the way we feel about ourselves. The last thing you want to be doing is waiting for yourself to screw up. I want you to think about this plan this as a lifestyle that says, you know what? It's about saying yes. It's about giving yourself permission to be a student of your own life. When I think of being a student of your own life, I think about the word discipline. Many of us have a pretty heavy-handed feeling when we hear the word discipline. It's like, oh gosh, being disciplined. You know, we're being scolded. Think about discipline coming from the root disciple, which is to be a student. Every single day when you exercise your life through discipline and with discipline, you become a student of your own life. Pay attention to when you feel good. Pay attention to when you feel most confident, happy, and at peace. And that should be your discipline. You should become a student of being peaceful, happy, fulfilled, effective, abundant. That should be our discipline. This plan that you get a chance to follow will help you to create a discipline of being a student of your own success a student of your own fulfillment, and most importantly, trusting yourself to create the kind of life that you were intended here to be. There is no room for perfectionism. There's no room for heavy-handedness. We get enough of that in the world around us. 
from the inside out, we can start to change the game and shift the paradigm. It's all about catching fire and allowing yourself to excel from coming from a place of infinite wisdom that comes through discipline that you develop through daily habits of awesomeness. Oh, I love that. Daily habits of awesomeness. And yes, discipline as disciple. So really what I hear you saying then is that if you want to be ready for more, if you want to take life to the next level, if you want to reach your ultimate awesomeness, the thing to do is to be mindful and pay attention to those little successes, those little changes you're making. If you're just taking one habit and changing it, get into the satisfaction of completing that one habit. And it's not about focusing on what we did wrong today. Oh, gee, I had a cup of coffee or I ate a piece of chocolate. It's about focusing on the little changes we're doing right and letting those grow. Is that Have I got that right? You know what, Dana? That's perfect. Where we put our focus is where we typically end up. And in that experience, and why I love what you're doing, Daniel, I think it's such an important community that you've created here and why it's so powerful to all of us. Consider this. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You become the average of those five people. So get very, very clear and excited about those five people. And I say people yourself well. Put yourself smack dab in the middle of five amazing thinkers, five absolutely cool, kind, successful, loving people. Get yourself smack dab in the middle of it. A community like getting yourself ready for more, which you created, Dana, we get a chance to set ourselves in the middle. Of the, this is a catbird seat. This is a, we can be catalysts for so much good by sitting in the middle of so much richness. So this isn't to be done alone. Hopefully, we're going to have thousands of people who are going to embark on this lifestyle plan. And together, we're going to rock our world. We're going to rock the world around us. And we are absolutely going to catch fire because what's beautiful about wellness, wellness is all about being contagious. Our goodness, our passion, our absolute conviction around living a life that's absolutely fulfilled and phenomenal comes down to being a force for a visual that the entire world can see. The greatest thing about being highly well and highly effective is that it has nothing to do with it just being for us. We are all connected by mirror neurons. Neurologically and soul to soul, we are connected. So as you get more big, you get more powerful, you become more awesome in your life, everyone around you is going to get caught up in that wave and they want to follow you. This is about you leading the masses by being amazing. This is not about being, if you will, self-care is being selfish. Self-care is being selfless, and it's the highest form of service to humankind. So start rocking this. Oh, that's nice. I just love it. Yes, awesome, awesome. So we are getting really close to the end of our hour, but I, I really want to just drive home the point, Dr. James. I know you believe that everyone can achieve optimum health, weight, fitness. I mean, they can all have an optimum life. Is there anything else that you can say to give our listeners any encouragement or inspiration to really say, hey, now's the time. Do this. Make this change and take your game to the next level. Anything else you want to add as we before we close up? I can tell you one thing that I think has really helped me, Dana, and that is that twice a year, all 75 trillion cells in your body are going to be renewed, made anew, and literally transferred. Meaning that we are completely brand new every six months at a cellular level. That's cool. But what's even cooler is that we are made brand new every moment of our life through our thinking. And right here and right now, 
you have the opportunity to change your thinking, to change your life. And it's all going to start with you remembering how good you really are and absolutely stepping into that space that says, you know what, I truly am about leading a life that is inspired. I am truly all about letting go of whatever story that's been keeping me back and keeping me small. And today, in this moment, right here and right now, I am stepping into my sequel. I have got the paints, I have got the easel, and I'm going to start creating my masterpiece because it starts now. Your physiology, your spirituality, and your absolute place of being here on the planet is to shine bright. There is no other way for you to be, and I can't wait to see what we can co-create together, Dana. This is what it's all about. Yeah, baby, I love it. This is great. Dr. James, it's so fun. And you're right. I mean, it is. This is it. Let's start creating our masterpiece together. It's so good to have you here. Other than that, I just want to say to everybody, thank you so much for being here. We can't do this without you, and it's so fun to be able to play with you all on all of these topics as we get ready for more. And thank you, Dr. James. You're such an inspiration, and I just love talking with you. It warms my heart every time, whether I see a post from you or whether I talk with you. I just It's a big old feel-good every time because you're such a bright spirit in the world, and I really appreciate you being here. Do you have anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye? You know what, Dana? I want to say thank you for the ministry that you have here for all of us to come and get fed by. And I do believe as we get a chance to uh, come together like this, uh, the, the call to action is really quite simple. We all have an opportunity to do the things that we believe is inside of us to do. And one of the most important things that we get a chance to every single day is take our gifts out and show them to the world. If you want to be happy, that's what it all comes down to. If you want to be healthy, it's what it's all about. Take your gifts and show them to the world because the world is absolutely excited to rally around your gifts and exploit them to the highest degree. And Dana, the work that you're doing is absolutely blessed. It's so very important. We need a place to go and get fed, and thank you for nourishing us with your spirit and your wisdom and your positive energy. You are a blessing. Oh, thank you so much. And think, eat, move, everyone. Now is the time to get well, and we appreciate you being here. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Uh, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but it's like, kind of like being drunk and like you got to get into your house. You know, like, okay, just walk <laughs> up the walkway, you know, one foot in front of the other. Holy free holies, right? Oh, they'll get my smile later. Later they'll think that that crazy lady was smiling at <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, doing yeah. the dishes and he's playing the banjo. We're talking fresh from your juicer. Each day is a new life we can create. I'm not looking at your smartphone or thinking about your next meeting, but just listening to people. You're aware that we own a monkey. Because we're all about joy here at the Mind Aware, right?